The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Happy New Year, folks. This is shit you might have missed with the usual suspects. I am Kay Savage dialing in. In front of me, I have ladies first. What's up, it's T-Rich. And it is Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. And there's some other stuff that I'm supposed to say, but I don't know this part of the script, so I'm going to pass that. Well, today's date is January 30th. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Well, let me get my shit together. It's like, where the fuck are you? Today's date you is December future, 31st, 2017. We are on New Year's Eve recording. Why are we recording on New Year's Eve? Because we love y'all that much. Uh, Slim is not with us. Uh, Slim has some what? some back issues. Doctor said he needed a backyotomy. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Slim Slim is laid up like literally right now. So uh, he, he'll uh, join us on the next one, hopefully. And we want to. What'd you say? What middle age looks like, folks. Yeah. And considering that a uh, sixteen-hour drive. Yeah. From yeah. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. He has. And a, he flies a lot too, right? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. So he, he drove he, us there and back, and he did all the driving while we were there. So. Well, he drove y'all there and back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of y'all paid that motherfucker. Nah, that's just that's just slim. That's just slim. He's just like, yeah. And also, we have an under the weather tea rich. So, uh, because it yeah. was cold in Canada, it was kind of cold. I didn't notice that. I, I felt a little bit, but not really, because you know, under layers. Them shits rock, yo. If you if you don't have base layers, I had on base layers. I was still what kind aware. of base layer? Did you have thermals or did you have base layers? I had base layers. Yeah, base layers. Wool base layers. or wool, wool, what, what kind of blend were you working with? <laughs> I make them, but I, I purchased base layers. Okay, my I got my base layers from REI. They have served me well. So I'm, my problem I'm, though was I need like, a silk wool base layer. Do they yeah. have that? Um, probably. Um, you know, for like really rich people who you know want to be like you know real. Like, why you are you know, allergic? I'm allergic? I'm allergic to polyester and wool, but I could probably handle wool. A blend. Ah. Uh, the Book of Leviticus would not approve, but I feel you. Uh, <laughs> Leviticus was talking about actually racial purity, but we're not even going to get into that. Well, it also it talked about mixed linens, so like mixing, yeah. So yeah, no, but it's a metaphor for ma- racial purity. Is it a metaphor? It is. Okay. I think the problem though is that the air was really cold, and I, so, I noticed that as well. Like trying to breathe was complicated at times. Oh, I didn't have that problem coming from the Arctic. The, the frozen tundra of Ontario. <laughs> Look, I got up yesterday morning and the breeze coming in through the little crack in the window was so fierce. I was like, I today wish that I had not been imported over here because today is the day that I remember black people should not be in spaces this cold ever for prolonged periods of time. Mm. But it's like cold everywhere. Mm-hmm. The whole East Coast. Yeah. Luckily, we have a smart, brave leader who just reminded us that we did not pay to participate in the Paris Accord. So global warming (laughs) should come along and keep us warm. Uncomfortably so. I'm just bothered. Spring in Mar-a-Lago was flooding. I don't want to hear nothing about no FEMA relief. I'm bothered that Vinny from Jersey Shore knows more about climate change than the president of these United States. Benny from Jersey Shore is probably one of the only ones that had a college degree and was trying to pursue a career with his degree. That's right? true. Which one is Vinny? Vinny's the, uh, the, the one with the short haircut? He was the nerdy one. Yeah. He was the one whose mama came and fed everybody. Not the situation. Not, not Paulie D. And not the the swole dude Ronnie. Right. So he's like, yeah, 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 okay, I got you. Yeah. The only reason why I watched that show actually was because of you. You made Sounds a right. you made a reference to like uh, grenades. Like you know, like, 
I like like when you were talking about it, I was like, what? The? This sounds delightfully entertaining. Like a like like the way like they refer to grenades. I was like, I feel like I need to at least understand. Like I'm I'm one of those people. Even if I don't agree with the show or I think it's trash, I'll at least watch uh, an episode or two just because I want to understand what the hoopla or what the conversation is about. So I watch Real Housewives before I don't like it because I think it's just terrible PR for black women. But you know I've watched to it be before. fair. They also have trashy it's white women. Terrible PR for people. Yeah, because the white women don't come off no better. They don't. Yeah, but I feel like the the one with you no know, Atlanta is probably way more popular. I just no, let me like let, let me say that. Well, it's let more popular, this. but that doesn't mean it's necessarily more trashy. It's just a different. Well, I, I was about to say because it's just it's levels to this shit. I think you know the thing saying? about Atlanta is like because they're black and we're black, it's like a familial kind of trash. Familiarity. Yeah, can you can you can you elaborate that? I mean, I think I understand what you're saying, but I think just for the people. Well, like the way that they throw shade and have discussions, and you know, when when black people argue, we argue in a specific kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I think when I look at it, I just see arguing. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, there's like this connotation that's associated with, you know, whenever you see like, quote unquote, angry black woman, there's the finger wagon and there's the head. And it's like, oh, this is like so extreme. And the white women on the, their versions, because there's several versions of the Real Housewives of white women. And it's way more passive aggressive. Not necessarily. No, it is beyond passive aggressive. That bitch on the OC faked cancer. I mean, like the there's levels to the shit. Like she, her, and her boyfriend faked him having cancer mm-hmm. so that she could get sympathy fucking views and airtime, camera time. Like, like, let's, she let's said, all, all I wanted down. was somebody then to bring me a casserole. Shade. Dude, then she <laughs> threw shade on everybody for not being supportive enough, even though there was a woman whose husband's wife. Who they have, who, whose daughter she was helping raise was actively dying from cancer at the time, and she was offended. And she was offended for mm-hmm. several reasons. One, she actually extended her hand trying to extend all of the medical care that her uh, co-wife, you know what I'm saying, you know, or her metamore, you know what I'm saying, was getting. And when they kept turning it down, she was like, this don't make no sense to me. People die to get into these places and I'm giving you like referrals and they saying they're going to take you, you know what I'm saying? And people are doing whatever they can to get into these places. So like the, the whole level of fraudulent activity and throwing shade on people and attacking people and just straight up and down toxic and, and abusive environments. Oh, the white women are there. And I would actually say that their environments are more toxic and more corrosive to their personal lives because all of them end up divorced. Every last one of them ends up divorced. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Some of them lose custody of their children. Real talk. Mm-hmm. Them broads in Atlanta not losing custody of their children. You know what I'm saying? They leave I will say what's before. interesting, though, is that the, the, the women in Atlanta, and I'm not doing this to hate or anything like that. I don't want to sound like, sound like that. But I will say that observation that I made a long time ago, there's a lot of them were never wives or they're not wives when they're on the show. Like the Real Housewives in Atlanta. It's also like the um. It's also like basketball wives. A lot of them are not wives. They're like no, best girlfriends that, or jump offs. Well, Nene, Nene was married, and Cynthia you know, Phaedra married. got married. Phaedra but the reality is, they all are in relationships. You know what I'm saying? So whether or not they're married or not, they are in these long term relationships where they pretending or are supposed to be committed to each other. And like the the whole environment is so toxic, and the level of manipulation that people are going through just to get on camera is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, and, and, and I'm saying that to say that I think the black women get a black reality TV stars get a terrible rap, mm-hmm. you know, like they supposed to be supporting, you know what I'm saying? The reputation and the respectability of the whole race. But white women on reality TV shows are vicious. And that shit is way more problematic the way they behave than black women ever behave, including the physical violence. You know what I'm saying? Because the white bras throw down too. don't get it fucked up. And not only that, but they throw glass at each other. I much, much rather have a bitch try and rush me than be throwing motherfucking glasses at me. Like that shit is totally unacceptable. And we don't talk about that kind of female on female violence when it's white women. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's problematic because they all get in the past. They get in the past as being mild trash. <laughs> really, 
they are committing the kind of violence against each other that is life ending. You know what I'm saying? And the kind of bullying that they do to each other is insane. I mean, the one woman on OC that had her breast implants put in, taken out, put in, enlarged, taken out. I mean, just all this just, just to be on camera. Time. I mean, and and like that, that's craziness. Um, I and look, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with any of what you're saying, but I, I still feel like, from my perspective, at least, I can't, I can't speak for everybody, and I'm not trying to, but I do feel like, from my perspective, because of the many narratives that are already in place when it comes to people of color, specifically. Black folks or African-American, however you want to self-identify or identify, it's on you. Um, I feel like that the shows that are popular, like A Love and Hip Hop, like A Basketball Wives, and like A Real Housewives of Atlanta, unfortunately, it carries on that narrative. And there are things on there that you could, I think, fairly, if you wanted to, look at it. I like the fact that they show that Candy is about her business. Look, I, if there's nothing that. else you have taken... From Bravo, please be aware that Candy Burris is all about them coins. Yeah. She's going to get them coins. She's going to make them coins. Yeah. She's going to invest them coins. She's going to save them coins. Yeah. And she was like, actually, back in the day, even one of the, the one person from Escape that I was digging, even back like when I was in high school, like, I thought she was like, yeah, like, okay. Okay. And this is before she got the super booty. So well, all her despicableness, Phaedra, you know what I'm saying, is equally about her coin. I mean, you want to go get a mortician. She does. She doesn't strike me as someone who's that bright, though. I feel like she's she's like, I've heard other people on the radio talk about her, and like I, th- I think they were saying it was Bobby Brown who was saying like, yeah, he had her represented, like yeah, and he lost. And he's like, like yeah, she don't win cases. She's not good at what she does. She might have like. She oh, might- I don't. I don't. Probably think she's a good lawyer. I mean, I don't think any good lawyer would find themselves on reality TV. No bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's just too problematic for your client base. But I think that she is about her money because the reality is she keep booking clients. They keep paying her retainers. You know what I'm saying? They they keep paying for that one bad experience despite all the fucked up ass Yelp reviews. You know what I'm saying? That's I think all I think it's a difference though. I think like, and I, and, I, and I will what I would add on to you, Christy, is what you just said because again, I'm not disputing. Her being about her money, I I totally agree with that. But I will add your earlier comment. I believe there's levels to this shit. And I believe that you can be about your money, but if you're really about your money, then you're going to be on point with how you're about your money. I feel like if you're going to look at Phaedra versus Candy, I feel like Candy is on point about her money. Like, like there's like details that she's on top of when I've seen her talk about her money. That's the only reason Candy doing this escape tour. Yeah. Cause she was like, "Oh, we're gonna be on tour and make some money. Cool." But then we're like, "Oh, let's go in the studio and make some more music." She was like, "Nah, I didn't sign up." She was like, "It ain't no merch booth in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't getting no cut from going and in the we studio. Vibrators over in the corner. So get your whole entire life together." That's what I'm saying. And those are details. She's that good high quality vibrators too. That's what I'm talking about. She's on the details, and she's like very like on point about that. And I admire that about her. I feel like. Quite honestly, she really doesn't have to be on that show. She really could just do her own show, and I think she would have enough of a following where she could do her own thing. I don't think she needs to actually be on the Andy Cohen train at this point. I think some of them do in order to maintain whatever. Like uh, Kenya. I thought it was great, though, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> when they did like their, no shade, their no little shade. marriage special. Uh-huh. I love how Candy was like, you know what? Yeah, Todd, I love you. Um, but before we get married. Sign his prenup. And he was like, oh, I'm not getting. She was like, hey, look. We're not going to do this. We are, we are not doing anything. And it's smart. Yeah, it's smart. It's but smart. a lot of people don't, you know, don't think about that. It's like, oh, it's love. Okay, let I me ask. Can I, can, I, can I talk about that? Is it, is it cool if I add on to that? I guess. <laughs> You guys, I don't know what you're gonna talk about. Well, no, I mean, you're talking about the prenup. Yeah. Okay, so I, I feel like this is a good conversation. I mean, I am married. For those who listen to the show, I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. And when I started um, talking to my wife before we even like really like dating officially, probably like our first or second time we went out, I told her I believe in three things. I believe in credit checks, background checks, and prenups. And I figured like, it's like, you know, I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, thought out there early because I think a lot of people look at prenups and they're like, oh, well, if you're getting a prenup, 
then you know you're 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 not getting married for the right reasons and blah 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 blah. Like first of all, I think like uh, Chris will back me up on this, and Takia probably as well. Um, the idea of marrying for love is a relatively new concept. That shit was not a thing. Marriage has been arranged for the better part of human history. It's been done for status. And people are doing, yeah, yeah, yep. And like people do dowries and shit. And you never see, excuse me, I'm not gonna say never. I hate to use never and always. You'll rarely see situations like a Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. That shit don't really happen. Let's be honest. She's not the average commoner. She's famous. I get it. But still, she's still, you know, (laughs) she's still, she got this. They understand that their bloodline is so fucking inbred that they are marrying out for fucking health and safety reasons at this point. Believe that. It's not cool to keep marrying cousins. It's just not. I mean, and the reality is all the heads of state that exist in Europe right now are Queen Victoria's great-grandchildren or great-great-grandchildren. So, I mean, like, they would literally be marrying cousins if they marry royalty. Okay. So, so we won't get too far off on that. The prenup thing, though. Um... I look at it from perspective. You you get insurance for driving a car, you get insurance for, you know, life, insurance for your house, insurance for your boat. But you don't like, you know, people don't understand that whether you're marrying for love or not, it's still a business, it's a it's a contract. So you should make sure your contractual affairs are in order when you get married. Like if you can have a discussion that is level-headed and reasonable with somebody about if this does not work out because I'm marrying with good in good faith that this that it will. But if this does not work out, um, the house that I came with and this this that and the third that shit is mine because that's what I came into this marriage with. How we divide the shit? We gonna divide it like this 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 boom boom boom. If y'all can have a real conversation about that and everybody's level-headed after that, that should be actually further affirmation that maybe we can marry this person. But if they getting all uptight about that shit before you even get married. Might be a red flag. That's just my perspective. So well, I just feel like prenups should be had because, you know, like you said, while you're still in the bask in the glow of love yeah. and everybody is feeling friendly, mm-hmm. then we can actually probably sit and be fair about the terms of dissolution should they ever arise. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we all need to be prepared for what happens when your living space and your retirement, you know what I'm saying, are dependent on your relationship. You know, people stay in toxic relationships because they don't believe in the fair and equal division of assets. And the reality is the prospect of feeding all this money that you've accumulated to the lawyers because y'all can't get y'all shit together emotionally and act Dumb as hell. It's problematic, you know what I'm saying? And I think that for people who come in, especially when things are unbalanced, there really needs to be, you know, some kind of, you know, contract in place on how we're going to dissolve this relationship right here. Because the reality is when you're so evenly unmatched, you know, like the balance of power becomes one where... The only thing that the person who doesn't have any money or doesn't have as much money has as leverage is the personal confidential information that people collect about each other in relationships. And they then use that as ammunition. And that is beyond toxic, especially when you share children together, because when you share children together and you say, I hate this about you or I hate that about you, especially within earshot of your children. Or when you say, I hate this about your father and you do this or I hate this about your mother and you do this. What you're essentially telling your child is I don't like 50% of you. And that's not good for anybody's self-esteem, especially when both parents are telling you I don't like 50% of you. What they're saying is I don't like you. And if neither one of your parents likes you, what the fuck do you have? Well, I mean, I can simply say that, unfortunately, coming from a situation, a broken home, I hate that term, but whatever, Uh, parents being divorced or whatever, I've definitely seen some some and heard some some things that were upsetting to me as a child in terms of what one parent might have to say about the other. Right. And and see, money brings all of that out in people. You know what I'm saying? The grab for money brings out the ugliness in people. It allows people to use children as pawns. And I think that people should look at prenups as a way to protect any children you want to have, you know, and a way to protect yourselves 
you know, from each other. Because the reality is, if you don't have a plan for how we end this going in, and you're talking about having years and years and years in, like the level of betrayal that, you know, is going to come up, you know what I'm saying, is too much for anyone to be able to rationally say yes. And you can have half this record collection that we bought together. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, so I've never been married because God watches out for children and fools. Um, <laughs> but I have like lived with someone and just the tiniest bit of petty. The like, tiki torches. <laughs> so. I wasn't gonna say that. No That's wild. Wow. Yo, that, that shit will never die. Though it will never die. Yeah, yeah. But because we're talking about it, and we're just talking about like you know just how small and tiny people can be when they're like in, in their, their feelings. feelings. Yeah, it's just like it's real. Yeah, love turned in on itself is an ugly thing to That's watch. It's like imagine if we had been married and like shared like finances. Mm-hmm. Like nigga, you you pulled tiki torches out. The, you pulled used tiki torches out the ground. Yeah, well, you know, and maybe he had like some reselling to Charlottesville. I don't know. He was Satan, so boom. But <laughs> now, I mean, I, I just, I just think it—the idea of there's so many people, and there's a lot of times when I talk about it, it's people who are, um, you know, heavy into their faith, which I don't not. That's that's, that's perfectly fine. But you want to go into a job situation, and you want to know what the severance package is. You want to go like you know, look at like you know what type of like uh, aspects to your home insurance policy, your rent insurance policy, your. But people are like so offended by it, like oh my god, and it has why nothing to do with you. Like, why would? Why do you think I want your money? Like, yeah, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's mutual. Not- like a prenup. Goes both ways. Me yes. and you. It indemnifies both of you. And if you feel but, like, oh, we don't need this because we're gonna be together always, fine. Then shut the fuck up. It's fine. Yeah, just sign the shit. That's the case. I think a lot of that has also to do with how American culture treats marriage, both you know, as the ritual, and you know, that's really tied into how it's done legally. Like in a lot of European countries, when you get married, married, you gotta go to the courthouse. You got to go to a government building because marriage is a civil contract between two individuals. And that act of marriage is something that the state oversees. That's why you get licenses for it. That's why we record the shit. That's why people have to be properly licensed in order to marry you. That's why we got a whole bunch of stuff that you got to go through in order to get the license to get married. And so, like, when they do it over there, and I don't know how this affects them culturally, but I think that if we did this here in America, we would have a lot less debate about things. Um, having to do with laws around marriage and, you know, services with marriage and everything like that. But like, you know, marriage is actually a very legal thing. Basically, you are forming a, a, a corporation, yep. you know, with, you know, that the government has, has registered. And, that's and the why government's going to tax. <laughs> and, that's why, and not only that, that's why you have to ask the government for permission to break up. You know, like, that's why, you know, you have to go and apply and do the separation and they make you wait a little while because they say, are you sure you want to dissolve this corporation? Like, we like this business. And so I think that, you know, we don't actually focus enough on the legal ramifications of marriage and the fact that it is a contract and it's covered under tort law, you know, and the reality is, you know, like, if you do not have sex, if you get married, you know what I'm saying? Many states will say you're not actually married. No matter how long y'all been together. So I think that we really need to understand how marriage actually functions in the legal realm and stop thinking about how marriage functions in, you know, a hall and in magazines that are trying to sell you, you know what I'm saying, cakes and dresses and all kinds of really fun things that don't have anything to do with the actual business of being married. Because being married is a business. Oh, yeah. Everything is a business when it comes down to it. Because we're... In a capitalist society, everything is a business. Like that's what why the that? marriage business. Think about it. Like how much money people make off of people getting married. What are wedding planners, flowers? You know, like cake people, like cake makers, and wedding halls. And there's so much money behind it. Like word, like like all these people are banking on this shit, but you don't want to fucking indemnify yourself, really. And, and then the saddest thing <laughs> about it is, the more money you spend on a wedding, the least likely you are to stay married. Hmm. hmm. I don't want to spend a dime on my wedding. Nah, man. 
I tell you like this when I when I got backyard is probably your best bet. Yeah, I'm telling you that don't work all the time either. But I'm not mad at you. It doesn't. But also, I don't want to. I personally don't understand like why I have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for people to come and eat the food and drink the drink that I paid for, so that you can celebrate the union of my love. You know, I mean, I put it to you like this when. My wife and I got married when we walked away from the wedding proper and the afterwards reception or whatever. Uh, when I when I paid for dinner and we walked out, that was it. There were no other bills to pay. There was no other debt to incur or that was incurred that I had to handle. That was it. I mean, I was still a handsome check. <laughs> I'm, like, I don't I've never paid that much for a meal in my life. All this money on a dress I'm going to wear one time and... Well, and then not only that, but this whole myth of princess for a day. Oh, my God. I'm a Dude, queen every day. Fuck The that. work of marriage is like the cleaning lady. So, I mean, the last thing that you should be doing is having this Cinderella moment. This Cinderella moment where you pumpkin for the rest of your life. And <laughs> this dude who can't pick his fucking towel up off the floor. Like won't put the toilet seat down. Like what the fuck? Like like, like that. Like and and it's so bad that like there actually is a post wedding depression. Like that's a real diagnosis. That's a real phenomenon. That's a real fucking that's thing. Interesting. Because being princess for a day and being allowed to act any old type of way in the run up to you know what I'm saying, being princess for a day is insane. I mean, we had a show called Bridezilla's and people mm-hmm. behave badly. And for as badly as those people behave, trust and believe, it's people just out there in the environment acting that way. Because somebody told them, this is your day. Your day for what? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like there are a lot of things that made me feel that much more sure when I got married. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole preparation for getting ready to propose to my wife, whatever, all the uh, things that were done to to make the day itself special cost more than the engagement ring. So my wife was very like plain and to the to the to the point when we started talking about getting engaged and getting married. She said, "I don't want anything fancy. I just want a silver band." I'm like, "Are you sure?" It's like, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, word. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Look at the savings. <laughs> Won't he do it? <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I'm I'm very like, I'm very anti-establishment in certain areas. Like, I hate Valentine's Day, as y'all know. And I don't really, I'm not there for the idea of diamond rings and shit like that. Like, we had, um, Chris and I had talked about that long before I started dating time. And she said, well, we'll see how you feel about that when you get married. So it was just like one of those things like, you know, it was awesome that like, you know, I was like, I found somebody who wasn't tripping off of having a large diamond. It wasn't a thing for her. So I was not interested in an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And I said that before. You mm-hmm. and I have had this conversation. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. I mean, my ring is really pretty, though. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Yeah. But it is. It is. It is. It's very I, was, nice I was like, this nigga trying to outshine me. I'm just saying. <laughs> Slow down, son. What you doing? <laughs> Huh? You got a ring? I do. Really? Oh. Awesome <laughs> Yeah, but I, if I had not gotten a ring, I'd have been okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, it comes down to personal philosophy. It's really pretty though. Yeah, it is. And, and first so personal philosophy. And working with, you know, your partner and it's just having the conversations. And that's why I said, for me, I just, I threw it out there early. So it's one of those things, like, if you think somebody's going to have a problem with, like, a prenup, like, you know, might as well get out there early. That way you can't. Yeah. I mean, like, if you throw it out there early, they they can't say, I didn't know you felt this way. So if you continue to talk to me after I told you, I feel how I feel about background checks, credit checks, and prenups, uh, you should know where I stand on things. Because um, credit checks, ladies and gentlemen, are also important. If you're going to marry somebody, guess what? Their debt becomes yours. You want to know what type of debt they're in because they might be in debt because they are bad with money. And that might affect how you manage your bills and your expenses. And you don't want to have problems with somebody who doesn't know how to actually pay a light bill on time. That shit is not fun. So, I mean, these are these are all conversations that you can, like, you know, head off at the pass. 
Prenups, ladies and gentlemen. Brought to you by apparently the Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got here. I guess. You know. Long routes, ladies and gentlemen. Long routes. I don't know. But um yeah. So uh I guess while we're having this little 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 pause or break in the conversation, I'll throw out there that the next show that we're gonna do is going to be the wrap up special. Uh, where we get to talk about some of the things in 2017 that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about. Some of the things that we we enjoyed talking about are some of the things that we thought were important that are going to go into next year. But basically, we get to say, you know, how 2017 was for us, what we thought about in terms of, you know, what we're doing here and what we're looking at going into the new year. So stay tuned for that. Um, anything crazy? Like, is there, is there anybody, like, you know, this weekend... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this week, your president is still trash. Okay. Uh, he disbanded the president's advisory council on HIV and AIDS. I heard something about that, and the guy said it felt like retribution. Yeah. Um, six people resigned in June because they didn't like his policies, and then the rest of them, the remaining, I think it's 16, got a FedEx termination letter. He couldn't even fire And they say, oh, the you can reapply in 2018. Why would he do that? They've barely even convened since a lot of the he's members stepped down vacation. Uh, in the summer. That was a right, and then he's on vacation. And then he don't actually care about AIDS or HIV, which is why the panel has been shut down. So This is like, a dude who used to brag about how many uh, STDs he's had, so or STIs at this point. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, this was uh there there's one of the people that was a biographer for him that, you know, this is something he bragged about, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean it, I he's an exceptionally weird and strange dude. From a germaphobe? Yeah, but like I think he's bragging out of front perspective of I know he's a germaphobe. I, I he claims he doesn't like to shake hands, but I see him shake hands all the time. We've seen the awkward videos of how he shakes hands with people. So, like, Howie Mandel is a germaphobe, and he does not shake hands with people. So I just think that he probably just has that whole little hands thing and probably doesn't, you know, he wants to exert his, his I don't know, because I've never seen anybody shake a hand like that. So I don't, I don't know if he's really a germaphobe or not. I, I think well, maybe it's because going on. he doesn't like to shake hands that it's so awkward. I don't know. I can't call it. But I will say that... um it, like I, I would imagine, if you're gonna brag about STIs, it was like, oh, you got them from, you know, somebody that you were sleeping with, and you know, to him, that's that's a thing for him. You know, the same way he can have the quote unquote locker room talk about grabbing women by the, you know, yeah. I mean, like you know, you can also talk about like, yeah, you know, I got burned or whatever, but I got a shot, cleared it up, yeah, blah 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 blah. But you know, da 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 da. I yeah, I, that's not something I would brag about. Where I ever it is. I mean, I see stuff where he says he he bragged about avoiding STDs, as they call them. Mm-hmm. His personal Vietnam. <laughs> That's so gross. Are like we calling? Sleep. Are we calling gonorrhea napalm? Is that what we're calling it? The Republican. Well, I mean, they have a drug resistant strain floating around. Oh, that's like been around for a minute. The super gonorrhea. It's been around for a minute. Yeah, sleeping around with women to serving in the Vietnam War. I've been so lucky in terms of that whole world. It's a dangerous world out there. It's scary, like Vietnam. Sort of like the Vietnam era. It's my personal Vietnam. I feel like a great and very brave soldier. He's a clown. Did he really just like like compare like frivolous sex to like going to war? Or yeah. am I just <laughs> like what an exactly asshole? What what an asshole is somebody who obviously knows people who've gone to war. My father went to Vietnam. Like, like, really? No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I'm, yes, I'm, yeah. he did. Even though there's like this uh, theory that he has untreated syphilis and that's what's wrong with his brain. He has really? untreated. He has untreated something. That's just a theory. I, it's I, not a Takia theory. Yeah, yeah. But if you get on the good Googles. I, I do think I do think he has something that's undiagnosed. I definitely think he's got some 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 compromised uh, faculties. 
I mean, I, I was still thinking that he wasn't a bright man and I, and I, you know, thought he was very petty and all that stuff. But I just feel like being compromised could actually exacerbate that or maybe the stress of the job. I don't, I, does, do you feel stressed if you're not actually doing the job? I don't know how any of that works. Why would he be stressed? I don't yeah. know. Supposedly he drinks a, like a lot of Diet Coke and watches a lot of television, although he claims he doesn't. But I think they probably, I think that's probably what they do. They probably send him in his room, give him a whole bunch of Diet Coke and, Big Macs and shit like that, and say you playing here, Donald. <laughs> we'll handle the world. You you stay you stay in here and have fun. I mean, he's been on vacation. What about a hundred and? Last time I checked, it was hundred and eleven days. So like a third of the year. But that was before the last. That was before the, the vacation he's on now. Mm, so about a third of the year. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 hey man. Hey, if I could get a four hundred thousand dollar job and 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 you know, <laughs> like as you, this is like he's on like vacation. on vacation doesn't mean like while he's at the job he's actually doing what he's supposed to do. So we're talking about the effective time he's actually away from the job mm-hmm. that has you know the the country is paying for, huh? I mean, but has he filled up for work yet? No. Even when he's there, he's not showing up. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. Like, I, I just feel like he doesn't actually work. He talks a lot, but he doesn't actually work. And talking and working are not the same thing. We should not confuse the two. He gives a lot of press conferences. He gives a lot of airtime. He tweets But, like, what is he actually doing? Because the amount of stuff that he is talking about and tweeting about is, like, what, what are you doing, dude? Are you working? I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. It's like yeah. people who Facebook all day, and you'd be like, "You did go to work today, right?" <laughs> oh, nah. Okay. What do you do there? What do they pay Are they hiring? for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you're yeah, done, I have no problematic people to talk about. <sighs> well, rest in peace, Erica Garner. Yeah, that was sad. It was. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to like hop and into the whole thing right too. now. That's what I was about to discuss, but I don't want to like, it feels very deep. And I don't want to hop into the whole um, maternity mortality thing about how the rates are extremely high for black women. And but she even just had though, a baby? Yes. Yeah. And maternity mortality is considered like if you die during childbirth or within one year of the child being born. And I think her son was born in like August. Yeah, he was very recent. Yeah. And like she had a heart attack from that. So she had a heart attack after that and whatever. And said asthma brought on this other heart attack. That's the speculation because I don't, I don't think they've autopsied her. But that was the speculation going in when she had the stroke. Um, so asthma, heart attack, stroke, brain dead. And what was crazy, and I'm like people grieve in different ways, but like, like the the quote from the family was, Erica's not dead. She's just she's 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 not dead. She's just brain dead. But she's still here. Like no, it's not how any of this works. Mm-hmm. No, if you're brain dead, then you're no longer here. So I'm I'm hoping that they get some some processing and closure on that one right there because I'm pretty sure between Erica passing and then Eric passing earlier, that's got to be doubly hard. So sad. So, yes, yeah, recipes to Erica Gardner. That's that's interesting. So she's still on life support? No. Nah, no. Nah, they, I no. think they, they cut the, the not nah, cut the cord. Oh, okay, okay. They unplugged her. So. But when it first happened, that was the response that came out. That she, I was like, oh, that's not. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's, that's probably processing. Yeah. Yeah, so. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there? Um, no. Okay. I'm gonna I mean, go home and finish watching Stranger Things. I got a rant. You have a rant. I do have a rant. Oh, actually, I do want to mention something on Netflix. But go ahead with your rant. So I Uber a lot. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I saw it. I saw it. Share it for the people though. <laughs> I just, you know, so I Uber a lot and I don't know what it is about me, but people be opening the door and they be looking at me like, you want to scoot over? And I'd be like, no, like, 
I, I just look back at them, but like, I just, why is it that strangers think that you're going to get the fuck up out your seat for them? Like, bitch, walk around the other side of the car. It's not that difficult. Like, it's 10 feet. You can use the steps. I just, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, well, come on now. We all got little, what are they called, pedometers on our watches and shit like that. Most of us are only wearing watches because we got pedometers on them at this point. So I just feel like I don't understand why it is that people think that I should move into the Uber drivers. I don't give a fuck if it's two people getting in a ride that like my seat is warm. I sat where I sat for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not getting up. So like the drivers be turning around and be like, oh, do you want to move? You want to get up front? Like there's going to be two people. Okay. Well, they wanted us to sit up front with you. I don't know you either. <laughs> like I'm not your fucking co-pilot. Like I don't want to do that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just so, going to blame that on the, right. on, on the Rosa no, Parks complexion. I'm not moving. That's Stop asking doing. people to move because it's rude. Well, I can dig it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever taken Uber pool. Uh, I didn't have to move. It was a, it was a minivan when I took it. It was only one other person that got picked up. He hopped up front and went the thing. That was when I was in Chicago, when the big thing. Uh, but I will say I finished the Netflix series Big Mouth. It's an animated uh, series on Netflix. Um, it is different and very obscene and graphic, but it makes a lot of great freaking points though about adolescence and how people are raised in adolescence, how to behave. And like it points out a lot of the incorrect ways that especially teenage males think. And I, I thought it was very well done. I just think it's worth a watch. I'd be interested in what your thoughts are. If you don't like strong language, uh, it's not for you. Why would you be listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this one in particular, at least, yeah, there is, is a question that 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 would be a fair question. But uh, it, it 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 is it, it is very crass. It's, it's a comedy, but it's basically about uh, young kids, seventh to eighth grade, basically that are starting to go through puberty and the things that happen as you're going through puberty. Um, how awkward it can be going through puberty and not really knowing, but trying to pretend like you know and having friends that think they know or swear they know, but don't really know. And like, no, what is it like for the girl who comes on, gets on a period for the first time and she's on a field trip? How alienating that can feel. Um, you know, it, so I, I just think it, it makes a lot of great um, points. And it's really funny how they like, they basically characterize you know, the hormonal changes that you start to feel as a teenager or an adolescent or whatever, it's like a hormone monster. It's like literally a personification of the hormones. And the hormones are a, a physical being that talk to you and tell you what to do. And like, this is how you should talk to your mother. And like, you know, this is what you should say. Oh, I'll burn the house down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going for the kill. And it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So I think it's definitely worth a, a view. And... um yeah, I'd be interested what your thoughts are. We're here. Yeah, maybe we can do that one day because I know Christy was saying, we were texting and she was saying she was going to watch, she's got to have it. Because she just watched, oh, yeah. the last... I watched the last episode and I was just. I haven't watched it yet. It just like just because of the way y'all reacted to it, I was like, I don't want to get to the end and then. So I just feel like what really kind of like irritated me from jump and it was an irritation and it's my thing and I'm not going to work on it because it's just something I don't like. Um, sometimes black people and so subsequently the art they make has this uh, real kind of talented tense vibe to it that I just, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not about that life. Um, you know, no offense. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't invited to a cotillion. And even if I had been, I wouldn't have went because what the fuck is a cotillion? So, like, you know, if you're not of Jack and Jill, you know, debutante set, if you don't think, you know what I'm saying, that you are carrying, you know, all of blackness and respectability on your back because you got a college degree, you know what I'm saying, then, like, you know, I'm for you. But if you do, then, like, we're probably not really going to be anything more than casual acquaintances because that's just not my vibe. So it's this whole kind of like, I can't really explain it, but if you understand what I'm talking about, then you get it. If not, look it up and try and figure it out. Um, but so like, it's this whole talented tense vibe to like the show that I just don't like and I can't get into it. And I think all those dudes are whack and I think she's kind of whack. They too. are. 
<laughs> I mean, but that the that fucking jacket, that 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 purple lace jacket. I, I just if you not Prince and you trying to rock that dude, step Don't. the fuck out of my lane. Like go go all the way over there somewhere. Like and, and to each their own. I'm just saying that nothing about any of that that I saw on the screen from an aesthetic point of view and from like a perspective on how you see the world was really. um, mm. Yeah. Like I felt like Spike was trying to address a bunch of issues and some of them better than others. Like everyone knows Spike Lee really loves Fort Greene, Brooklyn. And had not noticed that. Now that you mention it. (laughs) And there was that's me know, being facetious, ladies right. and gentlemen. There was, you know, like references to gentrification and how the the new mingle not so well with the old, and very much so. So I was like, okay, this is a thing you know about. So you've done a pretty good job of kind of discussing this. But like Christy and I were discussing, like I I was I did not call it polyamory. Um, I just said. She was open about having sex with other people because mm-hmm. it, and I'm just going to be very clear that I am not Polly. Mm-hmm. I've never been, so I don't really know all the nuances of it. I just know it didn't really seem like that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Christy says she felt like it was just, how did she say it? What did you say? Like, if you don't write about what you know. Mm-hmm. I think, right. I think you should write about what you know. I think that, you know, how well you know somebody, you know, is only by where how you how if you've seen them under very stressful conditions, really, because because that's when people really are themselves when they under extreme stress and duress. And I just feel like um, what I didn't really like about that whole scene at the end is that if this is your first look into you know non-monogamy, if this is your first exposure to it. I think especially for a lot of people who deal with, you know, volatile relationships and domestic violence, the whole concept of inviting, you know, three lovers, <clears throat> three lovers with to have no a warning. civil dinner without any disclosure that this is who you're inviting. Like, I think the fact that we didn't actually explore the potential for violence in any sort of way is absolutely insane because the reality is sexual jealousy kills probably more people than anything else. You know what I'm saying? And other then than that painting. Money. And it is especially dangerous for black women. You know what I'm saying? Like black, I mean, you know, we talk about black on black crime all the time. You know what I'm saying? But let's talk about relationship crime. You know, like the reality is the most dangerous time for any woman is trying to leave a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Or the period immediately after a relationship breaks up. And I think that one of the things that makes that thing so explosive and so violent is sexual jealousy. So to have a situation where all of these three men come together and we don't even you know, in some sort of way, kind of discuss, fuck the awkwardness of the situation, the fact that nobody, you know what I'm saying, came to blows. That's a real thing. And just because people are, you know what I'm saying, not monogamous doesn't mean that they don't engage, you know, in interpersonal violence, you know what I'm saying, and that that is not a thing. So I just feel like I didn't really like how that whole issue was addressed. And I just feel like when we're going to talk about real things that people are open about, this isn't a hypothetical thing. Cause I think when she said it had it first came out, this was something that people didn't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know what I'm saying? You can check, you know, open, you know what I'm saying? Or non-monogamous or whatever on your dating, <clears throat> you know, app, uh, profile. So like now that this is, you know, common enough, you know what I'm saying? That people are able to, you know, feel like they can be out about it in certain spaces. I just feel like we need to actually talk about the real lifeness of it all. You know what I'm saying? And the real lifeness of it all is it is dangerous to invite three lovers without disclosing that they're going to be coming and think that there isn't a potential for violence um, for them to be violent towards each other or to be violent towards the woman. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows how that could really play out. And I think that there just wasn't enough, you know, like it just, it, it, it was handled in a very one dimensional, this is what I think it would be like in my fantasy land sort of way, but I think that's a dangerous portrayal to have out there considering that this is a, a lifestyle, you know, choice that people do make for themselves and that given that, you know, 
in any situation, you know, whether whether it's monogamy or non-monogamy, you know what I'm saying? Sexual violence and, you know, sexual jealousy are real things that need to be discussed. And, you know, we should not be having shows where we pretending to explore relationships and not really talking about the issues, especially if we want to be all message about it. But, you know, Spike, Spike Lee is, well, you know, they all ate turkey very and, deaf to the issues that affect women. They all ate turkey and danced to Prince and took a nap together, so. That's and that could happen. I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm just saying that, you know, let's be real. If we're going to be messaging Mm-mm. everything, then let's be messaging everything. Mm-mm. We can't message everything. So, um, on that note, we're going to put a bow on this podcast in 2017. Thank you all for joining us this year. Please come back in 2018. At some point, I guess maybe in the next episode, we're going to do a wrap up. Yeah, we're going to look to do the wrap up next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When will that be, sir? Hmm? Never mind. Later. (laughs) Until then, (laughs) hope you all um, get supremely fucked up tonight, but also do so responsibly and have a designated driver or Uber Uber or or Lyft. Or a taxi. Yeah. Taxis still exist. Or, you know, sleep where you get your libations. Mm-hmm. I'm old, so I will be uh, reorganizing my clothing uh, and putting uh, clothes away that I have not put away that have been hanging on hangers so that I can free up some hangers for get some real laundry done around here. So um, I'm probably going to fall asleep on my couch before midnight and wake up and be like, oh, happy day. Single women, make sure to have a single man walk through your house. <laughs> you stupid as hell. <laughs> hey, I'm still Southern. <laughs> hey, I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Um, so yeah, make sure to share us this year and into the next year. And peaceful travels, people. We'll see you later. Uh, signing off for the last time in 2017. T Rich. Hey, Savage. Happy New Year. Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third, and of course, shout outs to the homie Slim Williams who is not with us. Hopefully he gets that back out of me. Uh, yeah, and we'll be out. Like, Make sure to check us out on all the places you can listen to your podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook, uh, the group, and the page. And also check us out Twitter at Flashback News or at Flashback Radio. And also on IG. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll let you later. Stay blessed. Stay woke. Peace. We out. <laughs>